Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I'm Bradley and I'm joined by Stu. This is episode 45. And sorry if it's a bit quicker, but it is 45, so it has to all go a little bit quicker. That's a music joke for you, Stu. I know, and it's genuinely awful. It's it's so bad. Right. It's it, it's that bad you're going to get someone like Elvis the Alien on YouTube make a video about how bad it was. It deserves it, to be fair. Yeah, it does. I was thinking, I was thinking of a brimful of Asher joke, but then I thought, nah, because that'd be crap as well. Yeah, well, it's only forty-five, so <laughs> exactly. Just be grateful we don't do it in colours, because I would do a whole it's blue double D thing. Oh man, no. <laughs> um, so before we get on to um, the usual mental health discussion, um, it's I basically sound like we're doing something a bit different. We're not. Um, what you been playing, Stu? Oh, it's a bit of a weird intro, but I'll go with it. Um, so, I've been playing a couple of things, but most interestingly, for very many reasons, uh, is Cyberpunk 2077. So, obviously, this is kind of like the biggest game of the year, most controversial game of the year. It kind of like ticks quite a few boxes, I think. I'll, I'll, before you get further, I will argue with you over whether it's the biggest game of the year when I've been up my choice, but carry on for now. Fair play, yeah, fair play. So, very controversial game, and for very many reasons, but the the biggest one being the crunch that the developers were subjected to, which nobody was happy with, I don't think. And there's also a, a problem with LGBTQ plus representation, and particularly trans representation. Yeah. So I decided I wasn't going to buy it. Which was an easy decision because I bought the Cyberpunk console <laughs> back in June, which had the game as part of it, and this was before all of everything blew up. So would I have bought it now? No, I wouldn't, because I, I just I'm too conflicted about it. I'm not conflicted in, enough to not play it when I already own a copy, though. So there we are. So they're just getting those caveats out of the way. And so as a game, is it any good? Well, so far, yeah, it really is. So it's hard to say what it's like because it takes a lot of influences from a lot of games and it's really stuffed full of stuff so there's just you know as you'd expect you you're wandering around this uh the city environment in the future and you are on the you're kind of extra legal kind of bounty hunter kind of just mercenary for hire type person and you take jobs and they involve a lot of cybercrime and a lot of, you know, well, cybercrime, really. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's kind of like there's quite a lot of elements of uh, Deus Ex in it. I, I've never played the original Deus Ex, but quite a lot of, like the, the modern Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, etc. Mm. But <clears throat> it's, it's much more heavy on the RPG elements than that. So there's tons of looting... There's tons of conversational trees, dialogue trees, and there's lots of crafting. And because your body can be adjusted as well, the the level of crafting and adjustment available see, is a bit overwhelming at the moment. So I played about three hours. Uh, can't like comment very much on the gameplay really. It's because it's just it's been quite prescribed. Um, I'm only really getting a bit of autonomy now, but. From to answer the sort of what I can of the sexism slash, you know, uh, the, the queer lifestyle sto- uh, questions, the the representation isn't great. Mm. It's not. It's not been egregious too much so far, but 
it, all of the female representations tend to be kind of edging so they're just towards sort of sexy not all of them there's this there are female characters out there who who are not just objectified and a lot of the ones who are wearing objectified type clothing are kind of they're augmented so yeah. they're kind of like their bodies are plastic and you can see holes in where there's metal and things like that which is quite clever in and of itself so i'd have to kind of stick with it to see what the balance is like but it does seem to be they've gone with okay so it's still patriarchal women are are adjusting themselves to meet hetero men's you know expectations and hetero men are making themselves big and muscly so that's a very patriarchal view. You yeah. know, you're not getting anything radical where trans is, is no longer an, uh, an issue and every, anyone can look like anything. And so people start to really diversify. There's none of that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And the other the other thing is, in terms of the only trans stuff I've seen is, is uh, both unfortunately been quite negative. So there's that poster that caused all the controversy. And this, the second one was that there's a advert for a, a TV show that plays in game called Watson Hoare. and for the only thing I saw of it in passing was somebody who was ostensibly female uh, who had male genitalia um, and and basically them going and throwing up in a toilet. So yeah, I mean that's not great. Um, contextually. It's all part of that world. The world is very hyper and yeah. very nasty and grim, um, as well as being very clean and sterile in some places. But yeah, it it, it kind of leaves a nasty taste. It's uh, it's very hard to contextualise early on. There's a huge debate to have around that. I don't think it's time time for it yet because I've not played enough. But early impressions are it's it's a it's a real mixed bag in terms of presentation and stuff. Um, technically and gameplay-wise, it's it's very impressive, but from a societal kind of ethical standpoint, oh, it's very iffy at the moment. Yeah, it, see, I'm torn on it. I, I'm not going to buy the game, and people know my views on Ubisoft and why I won't touch Ubisoft games, and I feel it'd be very hypocritical of me to jump into cyberpunk again if it if i came across it for now then yes i'd in intrigue i'd give it a go but i don't want to put money into their coffers now i think this deserves a wider discussion i think we'll do a special on this um to talk about everything to do with the game but it reminds me of i think the transphobia that's within the game i don't i honestly don't think comes from a a place where they want to cause offence, where they want to be nasty. I don't think they're mocking as such. I, I think it comes from a lack of understanding. and But it's in a way that's no longer acceptable. And the reason I just want to bring this bit up slightly is because it is topical. There was a European football game this week. The Paris Saint-Germain versus Istanbul game had to be stopped on the 14th minute. Um, there was a bit of a fracas on the touchline and with a player... And the referee goes over and then next thing you know is all the players are walking off the pitch. And it's because they accused the fourth official of being racist. Romanian official. And from what I understand, their word for black person is negros. Or, or something. I might have butchered that pronunciation and I do apologise if I have. And 
So the referee's gone over and he's trying to point out the assistant, one of the assistant coaches, Pierre Weibo. And he's pointing him out and basically he's referring to him as the black one, the black one. It was the black one. And worse, I don't think the referee was being inherently racist to cause offence. We shouldn't be describing people that way anymore. We shouldn't be describing people by the colour of their skin. Uh, we know this. And I heard some arguments talking about how the fourth official had to find a way of describing it in the heat at the moment. That's all he could think of. Well, that's not good enough. If you're a fourth official of a football game, a major football game in a major competition where millions of pounds, euros, whatever, are changing hands because of TV rights, people getting paid, all that kind of thing, and what's on the line. Sorry, it's your job to make sure you know all the staff members' names on both sides yeah, so that you can point yeah. them out. Or take a second, and if you really are unsure, get the ref, go, ref, I'll take you to him. But you don't shout out, it's the black one, it's the black man. Because that is, it's it's racist, it's not nasty. I don't think he's being nasty. And this is where I think the same is coming with um, CD Project Red. I, I think they've honestly thought that by using trans people in the game, they're being somehow inclusive. They've completely missed the mark with it. You know, it's, it's, they've completely got it wrong. And instead of going, yeah, we screwed up, or pointing, maybe using that as an example of why you can't use trans people in that way, or why you shouldn't use any person in that way, and maybe showing it as some kind of hypocrisy within the game world, they've led into it and doubled down. And that's the disappointing thing, that I think it don't think it came from a bad place, but they've doubled down on it, rather than just kind of holding their hands out, cutting it, or trying to work it into the story in a much more interested and discussion-baiting way, rather than just going, oh, trans people have penises. But it is, as I said, it's a discussion, a wider discussion for another time, which deserves probably its own um, episode for. But yeah, it's, it is disappointing. But from what I've heard, the game runs really well on PCs. <laughs> yeah no just to to go back to the the trans thing just very briefly yeah no um i agree and we'll have a big discussion about it when i've i've completed the game but like you say i don't think there's going to be very much to talk about ironically even though it's causing such a furore because i i think that the le- the the level of discourse in it is so basic and so you know just almost negligible that it's not even going to be something that you can talk about. And I think your what you said will probably be the capper, really, which is they've raised it, uh, they've not tried to be deliberately offensive, but they've made a, a miss, an honest misstep within the game. I, I yeah. think that's probably how it will turn out. Yes. How you feel about how they've approached it is, is the big question that we'll probably come around to answer. Uh, from yeah. an instant, just, like, just, to cl- just to clarify, that isn't the "I'm sorry if you're offended" type defence either. That's, but I think that has to be the discussion because some people really just aren't understanding why it's causing such a fuss, which is a shame. It is, yeah. No, the base level is that what they've what they've done is wrong because to do it right, you'd have to raise it, raise the topic properly, and then address it properly. Because even if they're not intentionally doing anything wrong, their ig- ignorance in the pure sense of the word ignorance, i.e. not un- not having knowledge not and not having understanding, 
that in itself can be damaging. It's almost like institutional racism, which is similar to, you know, what you said about the the referees, that it's they're not deliberately being racist uh, or trying to be or consciously being, but by omission, they're causing problems. And, and that's how it feels with this game. Yeah, yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say the wide discussion is, I mean, that's just even the tip of the iceberg. There's the crunch and the abuse and everything that goes with the actual making of the game and, and all kinds. The shocking performance issues on some consoles, depending on what version of that console you've got and all kinds of things like that. The pre-day one patch, a day one patch, that there's, I believe, Assassin's Creed Unity levels of screw ups if you haven't got a certain patch um so yeah. there's definitely a wider discussion about this game <laughs> that is, and where the transphobia is just the tip of the bloody iceberg so you're about three hours in you said yeah has keanu said hello yet no okay no no is, sign is, of keanu. Is this, is this going to be like the equivalent of um, one of those straight-to-DVD movies that low-rent publishers have got in their back pocket where a they found an actor who starred in this, this low-rent film early, early in their career. They've gone big, and they was in this film for about a minute, and they can put them as the headline act. Is This is what it's yeah. going to be with Keanu in Cyberpunk. Yeah, I reckon. It's going to be like you'll have like one scene with him in with a line of dialogue and then the rest of the time it's just going to be his character model and if they ever make him speak again it would be like the you know the Saturday boy he's just talking <laughs> trying oh, to do a Keanu every so often pops up and goes whoa yeah oh, you just record it? the whoa yeah, that's it use that yeah I can't do it without sounding like a me putting on a fake Cockney accent whatever accent <laughs> I do awesome <laughs> so um, that's enough of that anyway so what have you been playing well, I've actually been playing what is the biggest release of the month. You can all stick your cyberpunks. Oh, go on. Um, it begins in Tet and ends in Riss. Um, What's I've that? Been pl- You've lost me. I've been playing <laughs> Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. Aha! But I've been on the Nintendo Switch. Basically, it, it's just still as wonderful as the first one. So, partly, the story mode... And I've got to go back and play the original again um, through the adventure mode because I swear it's an identical story almost, but it's got new challenges in it um, and new uh, slight variations on the gameplay. So it is different, but the story just seemed identical. So I've just been skipping the story because you don't play uh, Tetris for the story. Um, and the characters <laughs> no. are the characters are quite annoying that are in it. I mean, the setup's interesting, but the characters are annoying. They look nice, but yeah, I don't like. I don't care for the cutscene, so it's like just yeah, we'll skip through that. Um, and fair play to Sega, they allow you to skip it. Um, it's there in quite obvious. Like skip this. You don't care about this. Go, go and play some Tetris and Puyo Puyo. Yeah, it's got its adventure mode that was in the um, in the first game with um, a new version of Puyo Puyo Tetris. You've got your usual single-player challenges, so you've got like sprint mode for Tetris, marathon mode for Tetris, endless modes for Puyo, tidy Puyo, score systems, all, all stuff like that's there. Um, you can face off against the AI in, in challenge games. You can obviously do local multiplayer. There's online battles. Uh, it's all there, all there, and it's absolutely wonderful. I'm speaking probably to about the four other people that actually care that much about Tetris that will understand that. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's really good to have another Tetris game 
that's a variation on it that you've got to play it differently. I liken it to playing rugby in a way where you've got rugby sevens, you've got rugby league, you've got union. Um, so you've got those variations, but they're all the same sport, just played in different ways with like tweaks to the rules. And that's what you've got with Tetris now. You've got Tetris, which is the same game pretty much because that's what it is. You drop your, you know, you've got a well, you drop your blocks into it, you clear the blocks. But it's the slight variations on how you play it that just are oh, make it magical for me. And in the two days I've had it, I've I've probably put a good ten to twelve hours in already, which for someone who doesn't get much time to play games is a lot. And I didn't get to bed until nine on six a.m. the first night. What? Oh man! Oh, that's some teenager kind of styles there. But it's, yeah, it's just it just took over. Because what you've also got, you use the single player modes as training. So sprint mode, where you've got to clear 40 lines in as quick a time as you can. So you shave a fraction of a second off. That's great. Um, and it's so you get that. So whereas rounds might last two minutes, you're just like, oh, one more, one more, one more, one more. One more. Oh, I broke my time. That's really good. I wonder if I can do it again. I'm on a roll now. One more. One more. But I'm not beating it. But I'm really in a groove. Let's go online. Let's have one go online and see how we're going online. Oh, that was a tight game. Oh, I better go again. So, and it just gets away from you. Those two minute periods add up. Even though it loads really quickly, you know, there's barely any stoppages um, for loading, which would stop you playing. Because I think if you had to wait almost as long as the game is to get into a game, then, yeah, you wouldn't play it as often. But, yeah, it just takes over. Nice. And I've also played some Tetris 99, and I've played some Tetris Connected, and then I've also played some John Wick's Hex. John Wick's? John, yeah, John Wick's, he builds websites. John Wick Hex, which is the best Keanu Reeves game out this week, because it got reported to the <laughs> Switch. Ah, <laughs> right. I was going to ask you whether it was the same format. Right, gotcha. Basically, yeah, it's a tactical turn-based John Wick game. It's really good. Um, it's by Mike Biffle. That's all, that's all people need to know. And Absolute Drift um, has got ported to the Switch. That's from the people who've done Art of Rally and the original Absolute Drift. And it's brilliant. And I've been playing Fantasy Friends, which is not some kind of weird anime, anime waifu game. It's a charming little aimed-for-kids Animal Crossing game homage we'll go with homage it's not a rip-off and it's not a clone but it's definitely an homage to animal crossing um edith loves it and she will be doing the review for that one nice yeah Um, and i've also just started morbid the seven acolytes which is a 2d dark souls like that has been really good um so it's been a really good week and i've not had to touch cyberpunk that is a packed Agenda, yeah. It is, I My, think, mine's yeah. been, yeah. Mine's been busy as well. I um, I played Letter Vetter or Letter Vetter if you're American. Uh, that was a terrible accent. Ignore that one. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm good at these. It's Letter Vetter, isn't it? Hey, there you go. Beautiful. That's my Cole Urban. That's per. Yeah, yeah. About as good as his is. Yeah. So um, that's that's good. I'm not going to talk about it though because I've done a ramble that's going to be up on YouTube soon. Um, so check that out. But uh, I've been playing Mixalumia as well, talking of playing uh, match whatever 
four, that, three. It is match three. Yeah, it's all right. Um, it's match I, Tetris. Yeah, it's the best Tetris. way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I kind of... I'm, I'm not sure whether it's me. It probably is because I'm not very good at puzzle games. But I kind of reached a, a kind of barrier of skill where I was like, hmm, there's so much going on in terms of how it could cascade. A bit like uh, Columns. Yeah. Uh, you see, my all my references are going to be ancient because I don't play a lot of these games. Yeah, in that, like you rely on them clearing down by, you know, clear you clear a row and then it cascades and clears all sorts of other rows. And I've I've always thought that that's kind of random, but you're probably going to tell me that you can play it so that it's not random, aren't you? <laughs> you can play it so it's not random, Stu. There we go. Yeah, thought so. Well, human beings might be able to, but I am not. <laughs> I, I could, it just for me it just doesn't work I'm like okay well I'll put this here and then I'll leave that there uh, so that it can be accessed later by a, for the audience better quickly just say what the game is so it, you're in a it's like Tetris but there's a diamond shaped room or well that you're dropping into and it drops in like little squares but you know tilted on their side um, maths physics anything like that not my strong point um so yeah tipped on its side square whatever they're you're called and then you Diamonds. can rotate them and there are four different types of block in that four block god making the heavy weather of this but anyway so they drop down and it's basically like columns but with fours instead of threes that's the easiest way of describing it and things slide off when they when you make a line they slide off and then they you know match up themselves and then they cascade and blah 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 but for me so it'd be like sorry go before, on. before you carry on i'm going to translate that for the people like me who do like these games real so, people you mean yeah so, go for it li- so listen right what you've essentially got is a game that takes a little bit of tetris it takes a little bit of puyo puyo it takes a splash of luminis lumines however you want to pronounce it and a bit of puzzle fighter as well brings them all together in a really nice concise way that breaks your brain but that that's what it is it's got mixtures and influences from probably those games more than anything so those who are into their puzzle games that's for them hey nice one so actually people will understand what the hell it's about uh yeah so i yeah i like it but uh, i can't really do anything with it so i played the what was it 450 mode where you have a set number of limes you have to remove um i've played all the modes but i liked that one the most uh i think i was 14 in the world so obviously not a lot of people playing it at the moment unfortunately Um, no so i decided to leave it at that because it's the best i'm ever going to do but i thought i did quite well with that but a lot of it was just luck because i really can't kind of i really can't see where stuff is going to slide in advance it takes I, my brain just can't do it. It just can't do it. No, you, to be honest, you're not far off from me in terms of ability with this one. Um, I absolutely adore Mixalumia. It's made by Dave Makes, and he started the game with an idea on Twitter um, and then built it from there. And it, it is fabulous. But like Puyo Puyo and Puzzle Fighter for me, I can't see far enough ahead to judge how to set things up so in Puyo Puyo it's all about chain reactions 
and it's vital that you get these chains going to be able to really compete and puzzle fighter is very similar to that where you need to sort of get some kind of chain reaction by building up bigger blocks and, and things like that as well and the lumini side of it i get by trying to match up like at least a square or at least a line and, and things like that and get them touching that's I, I get that's what you've got to do with it but i struggle to see far enough ahead to get that set up and with it being coming down at an angle even though it's coming down straight into the well it's at an angle because they're diamonds it messes with my head and i can't switch from tetris to that and back to tetris again and it's not a fault of the game. It's not a fault of Mixalumia. If I'm going to play one, that's it. My attention has to be solely focused on that game. Um, and unfortunately for Mixalumia, it's been released on Steam at a time where Tetris Effect Connected has just been ported to the Xbox and um, obviously a PC version of Xbox as well. And Puyo Puyo Tetris has come out. It's unfortunately been sandwiched, so I've not given it the time it absolutely deserves, and it definitely deserves your time. If you're looking for a new puzzle game, then this is the one to get. It is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, you brought up a good point. When you were talking about Lumens, it's I love Lumens, and I'm actually reasonably good at that one. Mm. And what that has in, that isn't in common with Mixalumia is that you have you can you can store a block that will destroy all of those colours that are touching. A lot, I know, I, I was like, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, there are a lot of games, a lot of puzzle games like this in the past that have that. So that if you got to a place where you're really stuck, then you can eliminate you know, a, a large amount, as long as you can just get that little clearance so that you can drop that explosive block in and it will clear all of that one colour and then you've got breathing room. Uh, and Mixalumia doesn't have that. And no. for me, I think that would, unless you're some sort of polymath, it to me it does seem like it's too difficult to maintain because things slide and you can't help from sliding. You know, you you can't play it so that it's always going to go where you want it to go. Yeah. Because um, there are far too many variables. It's like hitting a, a you know a billiard ball like a, a white into a into a set of pool balls. You, it's there are too many variables for you to calculate. So that having that explosive block as an out when you need to clear some space makes it more accessible. And I'm not sure whether Mixalumia quite gets the balance right between, you know, it being fun and just being a, a, a melee, because it is a bit of a melee, and being sort of technical at the same time. So I'm a little bit more on the fence than you, but I will defer to your judgment because you know these games far better than I do. It's a purist's puzzle game. Um, people argue it's not a puzzle game these aren't puzzle games it's a puzzle game um, it's in the job yeah, they're action puzzle game it's a puzzle game um, it's a purist um, it's it's original Tetris it's uh, things like that where it doesn't need the power ups and I get where you're coming from where you're saying it feels like there's too many variables because you'll drop in and it will slide and you can't control where it will slide but once you're used to the system, and I found this when I played the version on Itch, and I gave it a good uh, solid couple of weeks playing without touching Tetris, was you start to understand how to manipulate the game board to work for you. But again, that requires someone who wants to put in 
not just a couple of days effort not just a couple of hours but put in days and days and days of effort to get that into it that they're understanding that if you move just slightly this way or you've got your board set up this way this is how it's going to work it can come across as organized chaos and it's all variable based but you can negate that you can get away from that and you can uh, control it a lot better and I will defer to others who will play this game and absolutely be a million times better than I am because I have struggled with it and I'm not going to deny that and my issue is going to be is it enough for me to move away from Tetris long enough to get expert at that I don't know but it is really, really good. And I wish I had two versions of me, one that could concentrate on Tetris and one that could concentrate on that. Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend it for anyone who is into that genre and wants to find, you know, get a new experience with it. So, yeah, yeah, not bad at all. So, just to touch on one other thing, and I've just forgot the title of the game, but if you bear with me, you might need to cut this bit, Stu. Um, oh, I it's promise- going. Um, I promised them i would mention that was it i wanted to make sure i didn't get confused with another game um because there's a game out called um pig eats ball which was really good but i've also been playing a sort of like a, a, an odd twin stick shooter sports type top down 2d game called gun pig which is just i can't describe it i can't describe it but i've just had loads of fun with it um, it's out on the Nintendo Switch, came out at the beginning of this month. But yeah, I've had a great time playing that, and I do highly, highly recommend it. Um, I was going to write a review on it, but it's so basic in terms of what it is that I don't think I can. I don't think I can write a full review on it, which is really weird because it'd be like a paragraph. It's you're a pig with a gun attached to it. And you go around shooting things. And it's top down, it's 2D. It looks quite cheap um, in a way that um, Don't Die Mr. Robot looks cheap. But it works. And it's really enjoyable. So, yeah, give that a go. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. So, I'm assuming that's it, games wise, from you as well, because we spent quite a long time. <laughs> that's definitely it, yeah. So moving on to our mental health discussion this week, and I'm bringing this one up because I have played quite a few games, but I've done little else, and I want to talk about the idea of crippling depression, what I think that means, and whether that comes across or not, where I've not felt immediately going, I've been able to go, oh yeah, do you know what, I'm really depressed, Um, I feel depressed. I'm getting to the point where I want to end things or, you know, it's getting that bad. It's not got to that point. But I've slept a lot and I've looked for excuses to just play a game instead rather than doing any editing, any writing, organisation or or anything like that. And I've barely been able to get off the sofa. Functioned enough still to take like um, take Edith to school, um, do the football coaching because again I've got to do that. Um, but anything else that's been kind of optional. And as much as I love doing mental health gaming, it is at the end of the day optional for me still. It's just been hard to do, and I know that comes from sort of the time of year it is because I do suffer from. And I have to look this up. So I didn't get the name wrong and look stupid. Seasonal Affective Disorder, or SAD, 
as it's abbreviated to because especially now as a parent not being able to allow your kids to get everything they want and my kids aren't aren't like selfish they don't want everything um so but they make like fairly small but not being able to get them everything they want um or need or desire makes you feel like crap as a parent and anyone who argues the point where they go as long as you're there for them that's what they'll remember no sorry you behave either you've got money or you don't have kids it's one of those two because if you've got kids and you haven't got the money and you have to see the look of disappointment on their face because they didn't get the thing they wanted or they are santa for that doesn't go away from you or you might not have money and you haven't got kids and you still don't understand because you've not seen that heartbroken look on their face that Santa hasn't bought them the thing they want, but their mate has got everything they want and things like that. It, it, it's it's not good. As I say, it's not the be all and end all, but sometimes it helps and it is. So, you know, I do suffer from, you know, uh, seasonal affective disorder, um, and that's a, a huge catalyst for it. But the crippling depression, that's been a killer this last week or so. I've just not been able to get anything done. And I feel like I've just existed and that's been horrible because it's been the first time I've really had that for a really long time. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's good that I've noticed it at the same time. It is good. It's it's, it's good to recognise these things. I think it, that's partly, from my experience, that's partly how you get to the other side of of that um, of that episode, if you want to call it that. Mm. Um, it, you know, obviously, I, I have experience with my wife having depression, and she's she's had periods of time where it's been like you describe, you know, completely crippling. And getting to the other side of of that period of time is is bizarre and random. And you just have to hope. Well, I don't know. It's kind of like we kind of help what I do and what she does, bring the levels up in other things to ta- mm. to kind of counteract it. You know, if if something if there's something that makes her happy that is comforting, but non-destructive kind of thing, can be introduced, and we do that. So like, you know, going out for a walk, maybe for longer than we would normally, or um, you know, watching a couple of films back to back that she liked when she was a child and stuff like that, and just kind of like doubling down on on healthy distractions, so that you know it makes her feel a bit better, rather than just being kind of like. Withdraw- withdrawing from the process um, but that, I mean that's just what we do I think it's different for everybody how how they approach being in that situation yeah 100% for sure it's um, bizarrely what would usually be my most productive days which would be a Tuesday and a Thursday uh, because Edith's at school all day I would get voiceovers done i'd sit down and do a whole bunch of editing um get some bits written if i need to get some bits written get some games played to get the footage for them oh oh, loads of different things like that and that would be part of my like like productive so that the monday where i've got to go and get and i've got and i've got edith here for the afternoon wednesday where i go to the um the doctor's usually and then fridays where i'm building up to taking her to football weekends my son's got his his activities with his football and other bits as well Um, so they're my usual productive days but what's happened this last week this last couple of weeks is there have been days where i've just laid down i've got home from dropping her at school sat on the sofa and then the next thing i've known it's gone lunchtime 
and I've just lost the day. And then you get to the point, you sort of wake up and you go, oh, wow, it's like half 12, it's nearly one o'clock. I've wasted, I've lost the day, there's no point now. Yeah. Uh, rather than going, oh, right, okay, let's, let's get up and there's no point now. So I think I've done it last Tuesday. I think we recorded on the Tuesday. And then I sat down with a coffee afterwards after I sent, uploaded the footage and I dropped off until it was nearly time to pick her up from school. I didn't want to drop off. I literally sat down to have a coffee before carrying on. And it was like, well, that's, that's wasted. And then in my mind, I've gone, well, that's that day wasted. That now means I haven't got the stuff I need to do for the Wednesday, and I'm busy Wednesday, so there's no point. Got to the Thursday, I wasn't feeling doing the stream because I'd already wasted a day, so I wasted that entire day, and then it just kicks on and kicks on and kicks on. And I think the one thing that's helped me now bizarrely was football started back up for grassroots football so we had a game on the Sunday which meant I had to be up and out um, and then training on Tuesday and that's the one that really did it was get making sure I was like I've got to be obviously motivated for these kids um, and because they're not my kids because they're my like the, the kids I coach there's more of a oh, they can put up with it for a day um, it's like no I can't so I've, you know, I get these kids for an hour per week essentially so i've got to make sure it's good for them yeah and that's i think what helps kickstart me whereas usually i'd be thinking oh, i'll play a game that'll kickstart me that'll get me going but the motivation wasn't there to play anything for a reason so i would play games for fun which is bizarre because that's why you should play games but the second i looked at a game where i've got to cover it i'm going yeah i'll, I'll do it later i can't be asked at the moment yeah. And then because when you're going, like, internally, you, all you hear is, yeah, yeah, that's how it all is. You, you find, well, there's no point in recording that, going, yeah, this game's good. Because that's all you can hear. Yeah, it's all right, this game, I suppose. Rather than the usual, like, the mile a second everything comes out of my mouth, usually. It was just that. And so it's like, well, there's no point recording that because it's just going to be crap at the same time. And then it starts, like, layer mm. after layer after layer just on top of you. And it just cripples you completely. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. You know, completely motivated today. I've gone up, Edith to school, recording this. And I've already got a reminder set on the um, Amazon thing that uh, half 11, I start editing. So, yeah, that gives me now the, the setup that I've got to do it. And I, I will be ready. So this will finish. I will make a coffee and I won't sit on the sofa. I'm just going to come back to the desk um, and I'll drink there and I'll, I'll get stuff set up here. So that time passes doing something productive. Yeah. But, and then I can sit down and do my voiceovers because apparently I still have a voice left after I speak for nearly an hour straight and don't let you get a word in edgeways. <laughs> I find it difficult to believe, but there you go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no well, it, that, that's the other thing, mocking it as well. I think that, that something always helps me. When I belittle my own depression that helps um i won't belittle anyone else's depression but i need to belittle my own depression that's the way i fight it which is a some, some people might see as weird but i know others who suffer from depression know exactly what i'm talking about there i suppose it's um like tough getting tough makes you back in control to a degree because you kind of yeah because you're asserting yourself i suppose over a feeling that you don't have any control over yeah that, that, that's, uh, yeah, I'd say you're pretty much very spot on there. And that is almost going back to the idea, the most hypocritical feel of if you ignore the bullies, 
um, they won't, they, they, they'll leave you alone because they'll get bored. It, it's almost like taking that kind of um, ideal with it, where if I pretend that my depression is bugger all, that it can't affect me, or it's so stupid, that's my way of getting over it, because if it's stupid, why should it affect me? Right, yeah. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't work all the time, but it allows you sometimes just to refocus and I think we've used that term refocus many times before and it's the different catalyst that you have for that that will change up time and time again and I say for me one of it is to sort of internally mock and belittle the depression um even myself yeah you know I will sit there and go Brad are you going to be pathetic again today and I will call myself pathetic Uh, I'll talk to myself and it helps um yeah you know you wouldn't dream of going to someone else and you can see he's really suffering and going, oh, you're pathetic. But it helps me. I don't know why. It just does. Yes, well, whatever works. That's the important thing, isn't it? Mm. Yes, definitely. Um, so that's that's it for really for me in terms of what my week's been. Because, again, because I've had crippling depression and um, I've barely done anything, that's all I've really got to speak about. <laughs> I suppose the only thing I want to mention really is is as a positive thing in that yeah my wife got um got a new job so she interviewed for it on Monday which was her birthday and she they phoned her the next day to say she got it which is amazing so and then today she told her current job yesterday and today they begged and pleaded for her to stay so that's really nice this is a really huge ego boost and makes you feel a bit more confident when you're in the middle of a a tough time so yeah so i've you know we've had a pretty good week really this side of things so she's your sugar (laughs) mummy she'll have to be i'm still unemployed (laughs) You you could become an artist yeah yeah well i just say to myself that this is my work now this is my, you know, this is my calling, <laughs> doing well, this. See, so, but you, you say that, like, and I, I know it's like semi-joking, but I mean, I, I, my daughter especially, this is what she says, this is daddy's work. This is what I do as a job. Yeah. And it is what I want to do. I'd love for this to be my job. And it's not the playing games side of it as such. Then, you know, that's a lovely bonus, getting sent, like, game codes and, uh, and what have you. But it feels... It makes you feel worthwhile and useful. When I was a graphic designer, I didn't feel worthwhile. I didn't feel useful. Even though that's a recognised skill, I still felt just doing it because I can. It's what I'm apparently good at. Yeah. And people wanted to use me um, for it. Whereas this, I want to do it. And again, if this was a viable way of earning once pandemic and everything's over and everyone tries to return to quote-unquote normal, then this would be my ideal. So it, it is bizarre because you sort of like... You, we can joke about it being, like, you know, this job, but when your kids see this as a job and see it as something really cool that you're doing as a job, then I, I'm quite happy for it to be my job. Yeah. No, why not? <laughs> why should life just be an endless treadmill of trying to earn money, you know? It, it shouldn't have to be like that. You should be doing what you love. I'm not going to follow that up because I've got a whole theory on how life should work, but that's a, we haven't got another hour. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go for it another day, but it's a semi sort of like return to the bartering system, but not the actual bartering system. But anyway, let's let's 
let's move on. You can you can shut us down. <laughs> cool. No, that's great. No, I want to hear that. We'll do that another day without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> All right. So yeah, as usual, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. It was a good one to talk on today. So if you want more entertaining and interesting things in your life, then go to our website. Plenty of reviews on there. And make sure you're following us on Twitter because there's lots of conversation. Go onto the Discord where we talk about games and we talk about all sorts of other stuff as well as mental health issues. And if you fancy supporting us, then you can join us on Patreon and get some exclusive content, or you can just pay us a one-off on coffee. And yeah, make it in- our job. <laughs> yeah, make it our employ our employment. Um, but yeah, so. That's really thrown me. But yeah, (laughs) that's it from us for now. Take care and stay safe and we'll speak to you next time.